0: You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. So we've been talking about kingdom values create kingdom culture and uh, how vitally important it is. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the culture of freedom today. And I think we experienced a lot of it this morning. Uh, of course, there's a lot with the culture of freedom that we have to uh, we have to unpack. Um, but the beautiful thing about the culture of freedom that we get to experience as a body and as a church is, when we come in here and we're totally unpack everything that's going on in our heads, and we dump it, we unload it, and we just submit our will to His will. Look what happens on Sunday mornings. And then His His spirit comes in, and we as a staff and as a leadership, we don't ever want to get in the way of what God is doing. And if he says, go longer, sing another song, uh, do body ministry, uh, do what Scott did, you know, whatever he says, we want to do that, because that's what a culture of freedom really looks like. Um, but in saying that, too, I want we, we need to talk about what a culture of freedom is how you steward that and what it looks like. And, you know, we've been talking about the, the kingdom values that create kingdom culture. And the question really today for you is, and I've said this before, and I'm quoting Chris Cruz from Bethel Redding is, um, the question is, isn't, are you being discipled? It's, um, it's if you're not intentionally being discipled by Jesus, then you're being discipled by culture. Because there's an intentionality that comes with being a disciple, a real intentionality. And uh, Romans 12, 2, and 3, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. Some of it I'll put up, and then some of it I'm just going to read to you. Uh, but Romans 12, 2, and 3 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Now, that that word customs can also translate over into culture because customs turn into culture. Okay, and it, But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the question is, which culture or customs are you following? The one Jesus modeled or the one that religion in the world is modeling? This is a big deal because, you know, in the South, and we we all know this, in the South, uh, there's a lot of blended theology where we're taking Old Covenant, New Covenant, mixing it together, and then we're wondering why we're all confused. <laughs> and we're wondering why, we, you know, we're not seeing the impact of our prayers coming through or our beliefs and in, in, in seeing things, the victories that we need to see because we're not practicing a victorious eschatology. And so it's so important because I, I love Bill said this, Bill Johnson said this, all of the kingdom is in the church. <laughs> but not all of the church is in the kingdom. And, and just because you go to church or you go to a church, and hopefully it's not gonna be this church, it doesn't mean that you follow the model and the teachings of Jesus in his kingdom. And we see that across the South. I mean, how many of you guys for years went to churches, including myself? Uh, that, that it was just, it was, it was ritualistic. It was very legalistic. It was, you know, it it held to a form of godliness, but it really wasn't. Does that make sense? And, and so I think it's so important that we understand that, that there's, there's, there's different mindsets, there's different mentalities, but when it comes to a culture of freedom, uh, your freedom in Christ doesn't give you a pass For bad behavior and this message is gonna probably poke some people because I'm gonna talk about a lot of do's and don'ts that are associated with the culture of freedom Uh, because really we need to hear that Uh, we we really do and you know Paul said in Romans 6 1 2 (laughs) and I love this he says well then like are you kidding me Should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? He says, of course not. He's like, you guys are dumb. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? I mean, it's pretty, pretty plain. But when we start talking about, oh, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free from that bondage, I'm free from that legalism, I'm free from having to, to be put myself under that kind of rules and those kind of regulations, absolutely, uh, I hate to say it, but you're not. You are free, but there's a huge responsibility that comes with freedom, a huge responsibility. And, uh, you know, when your actions blemish the name of Jesus, that's not okay, it's it's not okay, and you can't call that freedom in Christ. You just you can't, and um, you know because Christ died to set us free from sin, and he he died to set us free from bad behavior, <laughs> right? Because bad behavior is learned. Okay, it's learned, and and when we really surrender our will to His will, and we become a new creature in Christ we get a new nature in him. And so if we have bad behavior and we're not taking ownership of our, of our freedom, then that's not on Jesus. That's on us, right? Yeah, I know this is gonna be a tough message, sorry. Um, I say tough. I, you know, I, A lot of times I think I'm, I'm tougher than what I am, but I, I'm not, I'm very much soft in a lot of ways. It's like, no, you could have been a lot tougher, you know. Uh, but he died to set us free from death, fear, shame, in order to establish in us his freedom so we could experience his fullness, the, the, the completeness of his fullness. And um, 2 Corinthians 3.17, everybody knows this scripture. It says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, what? There is Freedom so where is the spirit of the Lord he's inside of me he's inside of you and if he's inside of you and I know he is and he's inside of me here's the deal his freedom that's on the inside of us will never cause you to be irresponsible his freedom will never cause you to be irresponsible so if you make poor choices and you're irresponsible you can't blame it on Jesus I mean, seriously, you can't. You can't blame it on him. And uh, freedom and responsibility, uh, here's a big one. Freedom and responsibility are inseparable. Yeah, freedom and, freedom and responsibility is going to do that floating thing. Um, freedom and responsibility are inseparable. It, it's kind of like, uh, ever, everybody remember the first Spider-Man? You got uh, Uncle, I started to say Uncle Roy. Uncle Ben. Uncle Roy. Well, in the South, it could have been Uncle Roy. Uh, you know, Uncle Ben is telling Peter, he finds out, you know, he says to Peter, he says, Peter, with great power comes great responsibility. And uh, that's true when it comes to freedom. With great freedom comes great responsibility. And none of us are, are above that, not not one of us. And um, it, it's just like the gifts in First Corinthians. If you got your Bibles or your uh, your phone Bible, we won't go there this morning. But um, if if you got your Bibles, you turn to First um, uh, Corinthians 13, 1 through four, and uh, I, I I am going to read this. It says if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such great faith that I could move mountains but didn't have love or didn't love others I would be nothing if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't, have, if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now listen to this in, in number four. Love is what? Patient. It's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. That's a big one. Love does, does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every single, single circumstance. Isn't that good? And and let me say that. When you talk about operating in in the gifts, uh, there is a responsibility for you to operate in the gifts. Those gifts are a freedom that have been given to you, okay? They're a freedom that have been given to you. And your responsibility in operating in those gifts is to walk in love, to walk in love and honor. Because why? Love isn't selfish. It's not self-seeking. It's not boastful. It's not all these things. It's always uh, preferring the other individual. That's what true love and honor looks like. That's attached to freedom. That's what he's given us. He's given us the ability to to do that. You know, for years, for, you know, being in this stream for the last 15, 20 years, you know, I've seen tons of people come and go who come into our church. Scott and Lacey, you guys have seen this too. Come into the church. Hey, I'm gifted. I'm anointed. I'm highly successful. I, I got news for you. I'm not interested in your gifts if you're not walking in love and honor. And you're not walking in great character. We're, we're, we're not about that. We, we don't prefer people because of their gifting. We prefer people based on are they walking in the freedom and are they doing it responsibly with what God has given them. Of course it's a process. We've all had to be a part of that process. We've all learned. We've all made mistakes. But freedom always looks like honoring those around us. And here, here's the challenge with this. And this is going to sound like, oh, well, you're just talking about honor. You're not talking about freedom. You can't separate the two. You can't separate the two. And so, you know, here's the, here's the pro- problem with freedom and honoring people around us. The better we know people, the more likely we are to find fault with them. You know, oh, that's just Scott. Scott just, I'm picking on Scott because he's on the front row. Or that's, or that's just Jake or, you know. Because I've gotten to really, really know them really well. And you know, we see the same thing happen in Mark 6 with Jesus. Jesus goes back to his hometown. And he's in his hometown. He's teaching. He's preaching. He's wanting to do miracles and signs and wonders. And it says that he could do no great miracle in that town because of their unbelief. And you know what, you know what their unbelief was associated with? Familiarity. Because it, said, it says that they, they all the townspeople said, hey, this is just the carpenter. This is the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and so on and so forth. And, and Jesus said he couldn't do anything because they, did, they absolutely uh, did not steward their freedom. God was wanting to move in their presence. And because of the spirit of familiarity and because they didn't honor who he was, they weren't able to receive one single thing from him. It's the same in the church. That's why when we come in here on Sunday mornings and we had something happen like today, this morning with worship and people getting touched, that is, that is amazing. That is almost like one in a million because that doesn't happen in all of our churches across America. Why? Because people have gotten familiar. Not just with each other, but with God. God. You know, familiar, familiarity, that's a hard word to say, breeds contempt even in a culture of freedom. And even in a church, it'll keep you from receiving God's best. And I, I want to say this. I got to take another drink. I drink. I almost started singing a country song. <laughs> but I ain't going to sing that one. <laughs> you know which one that is, don't you? It's the one you were listening to yesterday. Yeah, just kidding. You know, here's the deal. Freedom is very personal. It's, it's very personal, but it's not self-centered. It's not self-centered. And we have been given freedom so we can present ourselves to the Lord as a willing sa- sacrifice, surrendered and ready to serve those around us. Put up uh, Galatians, this next slide, Galatians 5, 13 and 14. And li- leave it up there until I tell you to take it down, please. Uh, I'm bossing everybody around giving orders. <clears throat> Let's read this. It says for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your old your sinful nature. Now you could also say your your old sinful habit because as a new creature in Christ, you don't have a sin nature anymore. You have a you have a sin habit, okay? But to don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love for the whole law can be summed up on this one command love your neighbor as yourself and that seems really easy but let me tell you something guys it's not it's it's not it's not easy so love looks like not using your freedom to train wreck people around you yeah everybody got quiet on that one didn't they (laughs) <laughs> not me, not me either. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a real quick story. This really happened, but we don't use our freedom to train wreck other people. And and what I mean by that, here's the example. So uh, back at when I was at a, at, a, at Bethel Atlanta, Scott, I think Scott, you were there at this time. Pretty sure you were. You were involved in the school, so you can tell me if I'm saying this wrong. But we had a student get called with some other students to go to a Uh, to a ministry that was local uh, to, you know what I'm going to say, Lacey? Lacey's already laughing because she already knows. And uh, it was a a rehab center for men and for women. And so our students were asked to come out and just come and just give words and just bless these guys because they were all going through, you know, trying to get out of drugs and alcohol and this other stuff. And so one of these guys, he gets up and he starts dropping the F-bomb. And, um, of course, that did not go over really well uh, with the, with the uh, people at the place, at the ministry, or with us at, at church and, the, and school and everything else. And I, I think at one point it might have been said, well, I, you know, I, 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 maybe the guy thought he was supposed to be doing it for shock value or, you know, I'm just going to prove that I'm free. So, hey, you shouldn't have a problem with this, so I'm just going to drop a lot of ugly words. And um, everybody was like, uh, no, you can't do that. That's... That's not honoring that is not what freedom looks like and I think that person got told uh, you will not be going on outreach with us again for a really really long time which was rightfully so and uh, you know our freedom in Christ can literally become a snare to others when we don't willingly surrender our wills to his perfect will and and most of the time that happens Because we get lazy and we throw responsibility out the window. Because it's not convenient at the moment. Or it's attached to discipline. Ooh, I got to discipline myself. I shouldn't say that. Oh, I'm going to say it anyway. Because it was convenient to say it. And because you you wanted to get a response. And and I'm going to say this, and I don't want everybody to get mad at me. So don't throw rocks at me. But drinking, cussing... Putting things on social media for shock value, arguing, being harsh or mean hurts the name of Christ. Are you going to go to hell for it? No. But it hurts the name of Christ. Why? Because you are attached to that name. You are a representative of who he is supposed to be here on this earth. Jesus went, he was loved by everybody that were sinners, that were in bars, that were, all the, all those sinners wanted to hang out with him. Was it because he was dropping F-bombs and drinking and doing all this stuff? No. Why? It was because he loved them unconditionally. And he didn't compromise who he was. He didn't compromise who he was. Guys, I'm going to say this, and I don't want you to get mad at me. When you do stuff like that, and I've done it, okay, I'm not, I'm not innocent, You compromise your character. And I'm not talking about slipping up and doing things. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about any time we use our freedom to violate another person's conscience, it's wrong. It's wrong. Soak on that one. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit to pull from to produce the fruit of self-control in our lives. So we can use our freedom to bless others. Self-control. I I call it the Mr. Miyagi syndrome. Y'all remember Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid? And he got, Daniel came to Mr. Miyagi and he said, hey man, I want you to teach me karate. And Mr. Miyagi said, well, hey man, if I teach you karate, you're going to have to do everything that I say. And so Daniel says, I can do that. So he says, okay, but I want you to understand if I tell you to do something, I need you to do it. Okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. So he gets Daniel, bends over, and he gives him, you know, sponges and rags, and he says, okay, here's the car. I'm not going to try to talk like him, but here's here's the car, wax on, wax off. And Daniel's son says, but wait a minute. That's not correct. Uh -uh 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 -uh." Wax on, wax off. What was he doing? He was teaching him how to discipline himself. He was teaching him how to discipline his body so that when it came time to really do the stuff, that he would be disciplined and prepared for it. And that's the same thing that God does with us. If we're going to submit our wills to him, there's going to be a lot of waxing on and a lot of waxing off. And you're going to have to be okay with it. The people that aren't okay with it are the people that take the fast track and dishonor people around them. And then they go, oh, that's freedom. No, that's not freedom. That's bad behavior. And it's called you're not listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything to hurt anyone. Period. And some of this gets attached to familiarity again because we become become so familiar with people. Is this okay? I'm going to say it again. Freedom and responsibility are inseparable. Okay, put 1 Corinthians 9.19 up. Thank you for leaving that up there for so long. Leave this one up there for that long too. (laughs) So 1 Corinthians 9.19. For though I am free, this is Paul, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might gain the more. Isn't that good? You know what that means? That means that when you steward your freedom really, really well, you gain influence with those that you're around. And, and Paul in some translations it doesn't say servant it says slave but we're not we're not slaves we we are we came Jesus came to be a servant not to be served we are in his likeness we are sons and daughters but we are also servants even sons and daughters are servants that's what they're supposed to be <clears throat> but it prepares us for the more and and when we steward that freedom really, really well, God promotes us. I, I love the story of Joseph because Joseph, everybody knows the story of Joseph. Joseph was imprisoned prison wrongly. And he was imprisoned prison long, wrongly like three different times. But yet though he was in prison, he operated out of a place of freedom. How can you do that? How can you be in prison and still operate out of a place of freedom? because he understood what it meant to love God well he knew what it meant to serve God well and in serving God he knew he was called to serve others and in doing that he honored God and because he honored God he was promoted he he was promoted to a platform that was second to the nation i mean that's incredible he went from the prison to the palace overnight, and, and you know what, I don't know what was going on in, Joe, in, in, in his life, maybe, because haven't you ever wondered this, How, why did it take so long, because I think everybody's on a different journey, and everybody's on a different process, and some of us are a lot more hard-headed than others, right, and, and I'm telling you, 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 if you don't learn your lesson, you will eventually. And you are the determining factor on how quickly you learn that. Prime example, children of Israel. They never learned. They all died in the desert. Right? Whole new generation that could trust God. They had too much of Egypt in them. They couldn't get it out. There were a few select ones that got out. But the rest of them, they they couldn't overcome it. Listen, you know, do yourself a favor. Speed up the process. say yes when God tells you to do something and submit your will to his it's going to go a lot easier for you I, I, listen it took me almost 50 years to learn this right come on i'm not the only one in here right we're st- listen we're all still in training we're all still learning when you don't learn and you stop learning then you you stop growing you stop growing Colossians one ten says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. You know, so many start out really strong but they but they end poorly and, and why does that happen? We've seen this happen throughout faith our faith we've seen it happen throughout the church where revivalists, well known evangelists, all these people, they start really well and then they end up poorly, train wrecked on the side of the on the on the side of the road somewhere. And it's because it's because they violated the principle that freedom is separate from responsibility. If you violate that principle, you will find yourself stranded on the side of the road. <clears throat> you know, freedom, freedom is so valuable to God, so much so that he gave Adam and Eve choices by planting two very special trees in the garden. I'm, I'm going to go there. <laughs> Who said no? <laughs> Stephanie Fain, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why you said that, but uh hey, I just gotta believe it's the Holy Spirit, okay? No. <laughs> That's so sweet. No. So Genesis two, fifteen and seventeen. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then we jump down in chapter 3, and uh, the woman is, uh, the man and the woman, uh, the serpent comes to the woman and says, It's the shrewdest, he was the shrewdest of all the animals God had created. And he came to the woman one day and he said, did God really say to you, must, you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And she says, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, silly. The woman replied, sorry, I'm just being dramatic. <laughs> it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, must, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Well, first of all, right, she, got it, she, she missed it because he didn't say touch it. He just said eat it. I don't know what the real deal is there, but whatever. So he says to her, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat eat it and you will be like God knowing both good and evil. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about that story. Adam and Eve were already like God. (laughs) They were already like God. They were made in His image. They were co-rulers with God. They had all the freedom in the world. They did. They had all the freedom in the world. I guess the question I I always ask is, uh, well, I I used to ask this until I I I figured it out, until I I got enlightened, was why didn't God just solve us solve the problem and and keep us from having to go through so much pain. Why didn't he just take that tree out of the garden? Because when choices are removed, that's called control. Instead, he gave Adam and Eve, and he gives all of us the choice to freely love him and to choose his righteousness. Because why? Because he didn't make robots. He didn't make beings that just obeyed him at his every command. That's not who he wanted. He wanted somebody that he could create with. He wanted somebody he could talk with, somebody he could co-labor with. He wasn't looking for yes men and yes women. He was looking for people that he could run with and be family with. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing as parents. Why don't we as parents sometimes give our children choices? Because we're afraid they're going to make wrong decisions. Right? Now, of course, we know. I'm not talking about you don't give a two-year-old choice whether he wants to go play in the street. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about as they get older and they progress in the age that sometimes we, we, we parent by control more than we should because we're afraid that if we give them choices, they're not, or give them the ability to make their own decisions, they're not going to make the right choice. And what is it going to do? It's going to affect us. And the beautiful thing is that God... Just like God the Father, we can give our kids, we can give people choices, even when we're not sure if they're going to make the right decisions, because His love and His grace covers a multitude of wrongdoings, covers a multitude of sins. And, you know, really, again, the beautiful thing is God had a contingency plan for Adam and Eve and for mankind, and that definition... For contingency is a provision for an unseen event or circumstance. But here's the deal. It was a supernatural contingency plan. Because God, God saw this coming. He knew it was coming. The event was sin. Right? Well, he, he had a plan. And that plan was Jesus. And we are receiving the benefits of that today. And, um, you know, again, our freedom does not give us permission to violate other people's consciences sorry and we must remember that when we make a mistake or we sin we must take responsibility for our actions repent and reconcile with those we have affected you know perfect example this is the prodigal prodigal went out did all his stuff you know sinned against his father sinned against a lot of people misabused his riches made a lot of bad choices and when he finally came to his senses and he came home, he came to his dad and the first thing he said was, I have wronged you. I have sinned against you. And, and, and Jesus is telling this story because he wants everybody to get it, that the father received him with open arms and loved him unconditionally and forgave him as if it never happened before. What, how could that happen? What, like it never happened before. Because he restored all of his inheritance. Guy had to be really rich to restore all of his inheritance. But here's the the great thing. We have a father who can restore all of our inheritance. Even when we miss it. Big thing is to have a heart that leans in and runs to Papa when you make a mistake. And if you, you didn't have a great model growing up of being able to run to your parents when you made a mistake, God can redeem that for you. And he can show you the kind of love that he wants you to experience when you miss it. And it's, it's beautiful. And um, there's, there's five things I want to throw up here really quick. I know we're running out of time. I'm just going to breeze through them really quick. I can do this in five minutes. Let's, let's throw the first slide up. There's five things, I hope you have, yeah. There's five things that we need to, I need to make sure that you understand with this and that what God wants us to understand. Freedom is not free. Freedom's not free. Go to the next slide. This truth motivates us to protect and value what Jesus values and what he died for his bride. And, and the two, and I didn't put the verses up here. John three sixteen is a verse in Galatians 5, 1 uh, we're protecting what God values. John 3.16 said, freedom is not free. Why is it not free? Because he paid the greatest price that anybody could pay by giving up his His only son. And it says he did it because he loved the world so much. So we can't violate that. Freedom is not free. We, we've got to understand that. Uh, the next one. As God's sons and daughters... We are not free to do whatever we want. Rather, we moderate our freedom to protect our connection with him and with one another. And and that verse is Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. There's a lot of verses I can put on this. I just didn't want to overwhelm you guys. Next one. In our freedom, we still live a life that is submitted to the Lord. That's huge. That's that whole thing, I'm, I'm aligning my will with his will. That's When it's not convenient is when you're going to have to press in harder and make sure that you do it even in the hard times. And, and, and character is the thing that'll, that'll get you there. It'll get you there. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> this is a big one. Life is not about us getting everything we want Instead, we use our freedom to love. What does that look like? Well, Matthew 26, 39 is talking about when Jesus was in the garden. Jesus did not want to die on the cross. He's praying, and he says, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. But not my will, your will be done. What was that attached to? It was was attached. He was giving his freedom back to the Father because of love. That's what he was doing. That's why we have the promises that we have today. That's why you have eternal life. Is because he did not get everything he wanted personally. But he got everything he wanted for us because of his sacrifice. Next one. We are called to serve others. And in doing so, sometimes have to do things we don't feel like doing. Wow. How true is that? There's a lot of times I don't feel like doing things. E- yeah, ev- every day. <laughs> every day there's things I don't feel like doing. And, and you know, that's, it's, and again, it comes back to why? Because it's not convenient or because it's going to be hard. Like I hate, I'm, I'm just going, I'm going to be real transparent with you guys. I hate confrontation with a passion because I just don't know how to do it. I mean, I should know how to do it good by now, but I still, it just, I hate doing it because I'd rather just love everybody and not anybody be mad at me or me be mad at them. But confrontation is one of those things I just, I want to avoid all the time. It's something I don't want to do, but you know, iron sharpens iron <laughs> and it's a part of our developmental process in building our character in building our communication skills and building relationships Sounds good, but I still hate it, okay? Uh, well, that's all I got. That's all I got today. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll come and preach on what freedom looks like, you know, in a, in a different light. Instead of sounding like I'm all about don't, 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 don't. You know, I, I think a lot of people have the, the, the picture of what freedom looks like in a church is almost like the Wild, a Wild West saloon. Everybody's shooting their guns off, they're drinking, they're partying, they're having a great time. Or it, you want to flip that everybody's coming in, hitting tambourines, shouting on, blowing shofars, screaming in tongues, giving words. That's chaos. That's chaos. Yeah, it's freedom, but it's, it, it, you know, there's a balance. There's a balance. I've heard that. I mean, Scott's heard it. Why can't I blow my shofar? Because it's chaos. It's chaos. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. I'm not against shofars. I am against tambourines though, okay? I don't like tambourines. I was traumatized by a tambourine when I was a child. So, maybe somebody can come pray for me. I'm kidding. I was not traumatized by a tambourine as a child. I'm lying, so I'm confessing. I'm lying. (laughs) All right, let me pray for you guys and pray for me. Father, we just love you. And God, man, Lord, thank you so much for your freedom, your liberty. Thank you, God, that we, you trust us so much that you, you trust us with all your freedom so that we can experience who you really are. And Father, I just pray as, as a church body that, God, you would just teach us how to walk in honor and love in the area of freedom, how we, how we prefer people over ourselves because that's what you do. Father, teach us how to walk in that place and steward our freedom really, really well and how to be responsible because we want to be promoted in your kingdom. We want to advance your kingdom and demonstrate your power in authentic and genuine love.